Ezekiel 1 verse number 10. As for the likeness of their faces, each yet a face of a man, each of the four yet the face of a lion on the right side, each of the four yet the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four yet the face of an eagle on the left side. Father, we thank you for the message you are about to speak to us. Guide me with more knowledge, with wisdom, with revelation, that your people may receive and experience the prophetic ability. Empower them, impart them with your anointing into greatness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can take your seats in Jesus' name. Uh, the title of my message today is called The Three Faces to Greatness. Three Faces to Greatness. Some people have got one face. Some they have two faces. Some they have three faces. I don't know if one is here, another one is here. No? But for you to achieve the last level of the greatness God placed upon you, you need three faces. And I know when God is about to bless somebody, no demon from hell can hold him. When God is about to take you to another level, no witch can stop you. Some of us, we have been blessed prophetically by God that when we land in a city, no witch will fly. We arrest every power of Satanism whenever we are in place. I pray that God will raise people today that will be spiritually reigned. That when you move, no spirit will move. When you talk, no demon can talk you out. When you declare, the devil himself will trample. I pray that God will fill every hunger and every thirsty in this building. Every hungry generation is about to be full right now. There is a manna from the heavens that is coming this morning. And I know your life will never be the same after this. I spoke yesterday about the main class, the angelic class, the God class. And I believe some people were shifted into the angelic class. I believe some were shifted into the God class. I'm going to talk about the three faces that you need for you to achieve the last level of your greatness. Hallelujah, somebody. Because everybody needs to be great. The grave is full of great people that died without knowing their greatness. Because the greatest thing the devil will do is to fight to make sure you will never have the knowledge of who you are. You may know who is Barack Obama. You may know who is Jackie Chan. You may know who is Benny Hinn. You may know who is Passion Java. But the real deal is, do you know yourself? Some walked with Jesus Christ and they never knew who he was. 
How can you know who you are if you don't know who Jesus is? So he said, who do men say I am? Some say you are Elijah. He, they meant he's going to prophesy. He's going to stop the rains. He's going to do mighty miracles. But because of the voice of a woman, he is going to run away. Jesus says, you are wrong. I ain't going to be defeated by Jezebel. Some say you are Jeremiah. They meant he's a weeping prophet. He's going to be weeping all day and night. Jesus says, I ain't going to be weeping. The devil is a liar. You are wrong. Because Jesus is never recognized. Jesus is always revealed. That is why they don't understand who you are. Because the power of the anointing upon you can never be recognized by anybody. It can only be revealed. And the people without revelation will never appreciate who you are. No matter how good you can be to them, how blessed you can be to them, no matter how you can try to fit in their circle, if they don't have revelation, they can never know who you are. They will treat you less than you deserve. They will look down at you. They will say nothing good can come out from Nazareth. But Jesus then said, who do you say I am? I know you are full of what people say I am, but who do you say I am? It reminds me when I was a young man now, when I was a young boy uh, with the prophetic anointing. My mother used to see the groceries going down so fast because we have speed in the prophetic. And my mother started locking groceries in a bedroom because she shops before Christmas so that when Christmas time comes, she invites everybody and we enjoy the food. But passion is not going to wait. It's going to take all the sweets, go to school and distribute because a prophet is a giver. <laughs> now, she's locking everything in the room, but passion is sharp as a prophet. I started getting a knife. I pray no kids will do what I used to do. Uh, get a knife and screw the door, open the door, get inside and take the sweets and take the drink and disappear. Uh, one day I saw that the drink was going down, she's going to see it. But because I'm sharp as a prophet, I took water. <laughs> I had to add, uh, put more water so it can balance. One day she tested and she felt something is wrong. And she knew the door is locked. Uh, among all the six kids, she knew that Passion Java is the naughty one. <laughs> and she saw that Passion have access inside. So she wasn't sure, so she took cornmeal and flour and put it uh, in the room. I didn't know it was a trap. I walked in boldly as a prophet. Took whatever I took and come out. Then when she came back from work, she knew that Passion Java was here. The following day, she called me and she gave me the key. She says, when you are hungry, you get in, but don't take a lot. And don't bring your brothers with you inside. She gives me the key because she don't have any option. She knows whether she locks or she doesn't, Passion have got access inside. And it reminds me of Peter when Jesus asked, who do you say I am? Peter, just like Passion Java, sneaked into the heaven and he picked the revelation from the Father. Jesus says, when John baptized me, the heavens was shut. 
how did you have access to get into the heaven and pick the revelation for my father? Since you are already getting in the heaven that is already logged, here are the keys. From this day, I give you the keys, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The reason why I'm giving you keys is because you already have access into heaven. Sometimes you got to move God to a place where he does not have an option. He got to bless you no matter what. He got to heal you no matter what. He have to anoint you no matter what. He have to do something in your life no matter what. Don't give God an option, but pray until he says, I don't have any option. God is getting ready to bless somebody, but he can never bless you unless you have revelation. It is through the power of revelation that you connect with the next move of God. Now, the Bible spoke about this type of an angel. And the Bible says this angel had four faces. The face of a human being, the face of a lion, the face of an eagle, and the face of an ox. Now, the face of a lion represents an apostle. Apostles are the king, they are the fathers of the church. The apostles, they plant churches. Apostles, they are represented by a lion in the realm of the spirit. The lion is the king of the jungle. The apostle is the one that studies the church. Now, the prophet now is represented by an eagle. The other face of an eagle represents the prophet. The lion roars. That is why apostles, they announce a season. Now, prophets, they pick the season from the spiritual realm and they declare it in the earth realm. Which means after the apostolic, there is a prophetic anointing that is needed in every place. Now, the eagle flies above all the birds. Why? Because the prophetic is the ability to tap into the spiritual realm. Whenever you receive a prophetic anointing, it is easier for you to enter heaven. It is easier for you to see what's in heaven. It is easier for you to see what's happening in Seattle while you are here. One day I was prophesying and my baby was crying at, at the house. I said, call the, the nanny and tell her to get back into the house. The baby's up now. The reason why I can do that is because while I'm here, I can see what is happening there. It is the a prophetic ability. I pray that God will release an impartation this morning that you may be able to see any danger before it comes your way. You may be able to see death before it comes to your house. Whenever you have the prophetic and you have foreknowledge, you are empowered before anything. That is why people will never understand you if you're operating in the prophetic. Because when the prophet Jeremiah was prophesying, he said, the children of Israel shall be bound, they shall be in captivity in Babylon. But after 70 years, they are going to be brought out of Babylon. So when we are being slaved on our way going to Babylon, we are not going to cry. We are going to be worshiping God for the fulfillment of the prophetic word that he spoke to us. 
Whenever the devil is coming after your marriage, he is coming so that he can destroy your faith. But if you already pick it in the spirit, what will happen in the next season, you are not going to be broken. You are going to be worshiping God over whatever you are going through because you know the same God who created this situation is the same God that's going to bring me out. So I celebrate God in my coming in and I celebrate God in my going out. I praise God when I'm sick. I praise God when I'm suffering. I praise God when they say nothing good can come out of me because before it happened, I already saw it. Now, what stressed Job is that Job never knew what was happening in the next season. And because he had no clue of what was happening now, he was being affected by every word which was being spoken in his life. Somebody came and says, the sheep are gone. Somebody says, your sons are dead. Somebody comes, the daughters are dead. Everything is being distracted. And he became powerless because he never knew what was happening in the next season. But whenever you have the prophetic anointing, you know things before it happens and you celebrate God when it happens. Now, the face of an ox represents the evangelist. The evangelist works like an ox. And the face of a human being represents the pastor and the teacher. If the angel of God can carry four faces, it means somebody in the earth realm, you need your three faces. Now, what are these three faces? The first face is your ordinary life, the life that you have from the day you were born. I wanted to be a soldier when I was growing up. That was my first face. I would have been holding a gun right now, killing somebody. But that was the ordinary life I wanted for myself. Then God had to twist the ordinary life and bring a new face in my life. He says, you are a prophet of prophets in Zimbabwe and all nations around the world. Now, that became my second phase. No matter wherever you are going, whatever you are doing, you have to discover the power of your calling. You need to discover the second phase God has for you because it is in the second phase that you begin to fulfill the destiny that God ordered for you. God didn't just bring you on earth to be married. God didn't bring you here on earth to look for a job, get some money, build a house, give birth, and die. There is a purpose why you are here. He ordained your steps before the foundations of this world. Wish I can talk to somebody here. Before this word was, he looked at you. Remember, Jeremiah 1 verse number 5. Before you were in your mother's womb, I looked at you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. When Jeremiah comes here, the problem is the memory is erased. He cannot remember anything about the meeting he had with God. So Jeremiah want to be a soldier just like Passion Java. But God have to remind him so that he can move from the ordinary face into the second face, the power of his calling. There are people here you may 
may be 20, you can be 40, you can be 60. It's not about age. Age is just a number. It can never be too late with God. You have to understand that there can be a possibility of God using you today, tomorrow, and forever. If you can just say, Lord, I have my face, I have my will, but Lord, let not my will be done in my life. Let your will that is in heaven be done in my life as it is in heaven. The moment you volunteer that now, you enter into the third phase, which I'm going to talk in a while. I want you to understand that you have a will that you wrote for yourself. You have your own desires that you want. You have things that you want to achieve. But when you break out from the you and enter into him and say, God, I'm here. When you tell me to go to the east, I'll go. To go to the west, I'll go. To go to the north, I'll go. Whenever you tell me what to do, I'm willing to do it. Lord, I'm sick and tired of living an ordinary life. I know I'm not here to be a breadwinner in my house. I'm not here to be a manager at my workplace. I'm not here to build people's houses. There is a calling that you placed in my spirit before I came in the earth realm. I no longer want to go by my outside appearance. I need to look on the inside and begin to discover who is inside of me. Because the real you is not the outside. The real you is the inside. That is why I told some pastors that you have to walk past your own ideas. When God is calling you, he doesn't call you because of who you are on the outside. He doesn't call you because you are tall or you are short, you are fat or you are slim. He calls you because before he sent you down here, you were already orchestrated in the heavenly places. Who was sent here is not your flesh. Who was sent here is your spirit. That is why I have a problem with pastors. That is why I have a problem with pastors that says, ladies mustn't preach, ladies mustn't prophesy, ladies are not apostles. I say, no. Though when God is calling somebody, he doesn't look on the outside, he looks on the inside. My flesh as a man was not called by God. My flesh as a lady was not called by God. The one who was called is the spirit who is on the inside. And that spirit was sent from the heavens before the earth was. And I waited for my time for a long time only to discover when I came here, I lost my memory. I don't know who I am anymore unless a prophet comes to declare the prophetic word over my life. Now, the prophetic word does not create anything in your life. When I'm prophesying to you, it's never something new. I prophesy in order to reveal what's already there. If I drop a coin here and the lights are off, I'm not going to see the coin because uh, it's dark. When I switch on the light, I'm going to see the coin that's already there. The light is not going to create the coin, but the light is going to reveal the coin that's already there. Now, 
Prophecy does not create what's not there. Prophecy reveals what's already there. Which means I'm not here to make anybody a millionaire. I'm already here to manifest millionaires that were already millionaires before they were born. I feel the anointing of God in this place. Now, I'm not here to prophesy a calling that is not there. I'm here to prophesy the calling that was placed in you before your mother met your father, before your grandfather met your grandmother. God already ordained your spirit with power, anointed your spirit with power, and he says, I'm not going to send you to Zimbabwe. I'm not going to send you to India. I'm going to send you in Washington State because there is a work I want you to do in Washington. If you were born in Ukraine, he says, at the age of 30, I will send you to America because your anointing is never found in Russia. Your anointing is found in Pasco, Washington. And God is saying, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, the steps of the righteous are ordered by God, ordained by God. God, anointed by God. Some of you, you wanted to be somewhere, but God says, no, I got to bring you here. Because you have to break out from the you and enter into the real you. That is why Romans chapter number 8 says, the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God that is in us. Which means the real me is not the flesh you see. It's not about our looks, honey. It's not about our hair, honey. It's not about the makeup we put. It's not about the Givenchy, the Gucci's, the Versace. It's not about what any man can see upon you. It's about somebody who is on the inside. I feel the anointing of God here. Now, when God is looking at you, he is never moved by the outside appearance. Look at Adam and Eve in the garden. God would meet them when they were totally naked. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we preach a gospel that don't wear any jeans, don't wear any ties, don't wear this and that. Because we as pastors, we have come out with a doctrine. But God says, when I'm about to move you to the next level, I don't look on anything on the outside. The prophet Samuel had an error. He's anointing the next, the king of Israel. The Bible says he looked at seven brothers of David. He took a one almost anointed somebody who looked so good and bigger and better for being a king. And God says, no, don't look on the outside because the outside will fool somebody. If it wasn't about look, some of us we were never going to qualify. And I believe my wife was never going to qualify. Because some people are too beautiful to be used by God. Some people are too handsome to be anointed. But God says, it's not about looks. Though the looks are the hooks, but you got to understand when God is moving, it's not about hooking with the looks. It's about the anointing attracting people from the inside. I feel the anointing of God already moving here. Now, the third phase now is when the will of God, which is 
in heaven is deposited in your life. The question is, how come you are already 30 years, you are already 40 years, you are already 60 years, and you are saying the will that is in heaven, let it be transferred into my life. It means first face is the face of the ordinary, your flesh. Second face is the spirit that you already carry. But when you want God to do extra powerful, it's not about the spirit you already have. It's about a new spirit that is being transferred from the heavens. There is a man by the name John who was sent to prepare the way of Christ, which means his mission was to prepare the coming of Christ. Now, his first first is John as an ordinary boy who is being trained by his father to be a priest in the temple. But second level came upon him where God have ordained him to baptize people. He left the house, he left the temple, he ran away from the life the father wanted him to do. He went to the wilderness, prepared himself, came back and began to preach the gospel. Come to Jesus Christ, you sons of vipers. He is already doing his will. The will that God wanted him to do. But then he had to break out from second phase to enter into the third phase. Can I go deeper before I take you higher? Now, the third phase now is the spirit of somebody that God is going to pour upon you because from the heavens, we have got the genealogies. We have the tribe of Elijah. We have the tribe of Moses. We have the tribe of Samuel. We have the tribe of prophets of the world. We have the tribe of the saints of the world. Now, understand this now. The Bible says now, the one you call John, the disciple, disciples are asking Jesus, we believe you are the Messiah. But how come the Bible says before you come, Elijah shall come to prepare you? And he says, let me tell you something that you don't understand. The man you see here come, the man you see here is not ordinary. He has walked past his ordinary face. He has moved in the second face. But the John you call John, he is no longer John. He is Elijah that you see. Which means that third face now is the spirit of Elijah coming upon John. God is about to raise a generation of Elijah and Moses in the next season. The question is, are you ready to say, let the will in heaven be deposited in my life as it is in heaven? God says to me, I should talk to somebody, that there is a new spirit God is about to release upon you. And that spirit is about to do something in your life that you've never been seen in the face of the world. Because I'm about to do a work in these last days that will defeat the head of Jezebel. That will defeat the demons from hell. And you are the one that I'm calling out. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, he is calling you out. Touch your other neighbor and say, he is calling you out. All you got to say is, amen.
Oh, you got to say, Lord, amen. Because amen means it is so, let it be. If God is saying, I'm releasing the spirit of Elijah, all you got to say is amen. Because amen means it is so, let it be. I am agreeing with you, Lord. I'm sealing it with you, Lord. That is why whenever you pray, you have to believe that God has heard your prayer. And that you have to understand that before you leave the church. You have to close your prayer with an amen. I believe in what I prayed for. I believe he have heard my prayer. And I believe he already answered. It is so, let it be. It's not like it shall come to pass. But according to faith, I say it is so, let it be. For faith causes things that are not as though they are. I don't have a car, but if I declare it in the spirit is already there. I want to preach for two more minutes and I'm going to begin to prophesy right here because I feel the prophetic moving in my spirit. Now, the second interpretation of the prophetic word is the prophetic word is an event that already took place in the realm of the spirit but it's not yet manifested in the earth realm but in the spirit it's already done. If I prophesy a wedding breakthrough to you, it's not like it shall happen. In the spirit it's already done. That is why no demon from hell can stop your wedding to happen because in the spirit it's already done. Ah, God is about to fulfill every word because it is already done in the realm of the spirit. God already poured a new spirit upon you in the realm of the spirit. God already ordained you with a fresh anointing in the spirit. He already opened your eyes to see angels in the spirit. But I don't want everything in the spirit, Lord. Let it be in the realm of the flesh because I want to see it happening in my natural life. Gone should be the days of dreaming yourself driving a car in the dream. Having a wedding in the dream. Having a breakthrough in the dream. You must come to a place where as it is in the spirit, let it be in my physical life. High five your neighbor and say, it's already done. All you got to do is to say amen. Because when you say amen, you agree with the will of God. I believe it is possible. I may look down at myself, but when he speaks, I got to look up and believe in what he says. Because he is not like a man who lies. Or the son of man that repents of his word. Can I have more two minutes and I'll close in a few minutes. Now, whenever God is about to bless you, it starts with a prophetic word. The Bible says God does nothing unless he reveals it to the servant, the prophet. The reason why he's revealing to the prophet is because he wants to promise you before he fulfills it. I wish I can have somebody understanding 
where I'm going right here. Whenever God brings a promise, he watches over that word until it comes to pass. Because in the spirit, it's already done. That is why he says, I'm not like a man, because when the man promises, it's not done in the spirit. And it's not going to manifest because it's never there. I wish I can, let, let, let me put it this way. If I walk into any girl and I say, girl, 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 what's up? My name is Gaffa. Girl, girl, I, I want to marry you. And I put a ring, a nine carat diamond ring, boom. And I say, next year I'm coming to wed with you. The ring I place there for engagement is not a wedding ring. It's just a promise that I'm going to marry you. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That promise now, it takes time for it to come to pass. I already said it. Imagine if I come back next year and I say, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I was just joking, baby. <laughs> they don't understand why you are mad. Because somebody came and you said, uh-uh, I'm taken. The question is, are you taken for real? No, promise changes the future. And because the promise changes the future, Future, God comes to give you a prophetic word so that your life can change to the other face. God says, I am not like a man who can repent of the word. I'll fulfill the word that I promise. I feel the anointing of God. Imagine somebody calls you and say, hey, hey, uh, I'm coming by to pick you up so we can go to church. Another person calls you and say, can I come pick you to go to church? You say, no, I'm covered. I have a right. You don't have a right. You have a promise. The promise changes your confession. That is why God says, whenever I speak to you, don't speak according to what you see. Walk by faith, not by sight. The sight tells me I don't have a husband. My sight tells me I'm ordinary. My sight tells me I can't do anything powerful. But when I come out from my sight and begin to walk by faith, my faith says I'm powerful and anointed. I am a prophet of God. I am not ordinary. I fight your name and say there's a turnaround coming because of the prophetic word. The is a turnaround in your finances. There is a turnaround in everything in your life because God is saying, I'm taking you to the third phase now. 2018 shall be a year. Right? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm about to bring a turnaround in your life and bless you in front of everybody. I need four girls to come here. I need four people to come, come here. Whenever God is blessing you now, He takes His time for those that are highly anointed. So the less anointed, they start working for God first. The second less anointed, they start working for God first decide. But when your time comes, God says, you don't have to move to be like her. Because I called you to be you, not to be her. Jesus says, lady, your faith have made you whole. Not my faith. You don't need anybody's faith. You need to believe that God has called you. Tell your neighbor you are called by God. 
So when it is your time, you don't need to change to be her. You need to remain as you are called. If I'm wearing a red suit, you don't need a red suit to prophesy. God can call you and use you in a white suit. There is a prophetic anointing upon you. It's not about becoming a passion java. It's about knowing who you are in Christ. What is your anointing? What is your calling? What is it that God what you have called you to do. Face this side, everybody. When a time comes, God will say, I will bring a shift in your life. How many are ready for a shift in the presence of God? Whenever God is shifting somebody, everybody turn around. The Bible says the first then shall become the last, and the last shall be the first. God says you've been in the back, but I'm about to bring a turnaround. There is a shift in your house. There's a shift in your family. There's a shift in your church. I'm about to bless you in front of everybody. High five your neighbor for the last time and say, neighbor, neighbor, I'm getting ready for the will of God. I'm getting ready for the next level. I'm getting ready for the power of God. And if you are ready, lift up your voice and say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, use me. Lord, I open my heart today. Let your will be done as it is in heaven. Let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. No more ordinary life. No more same life. I need to operate in the will of God. In the calling of God. For many are called but few are chosen. Choose me Lord in the mighty name of. Lift up your hands. Hi there. If you're like me and you like to click on things. Go ahead and click right here and subscribe to our YouTube channel. In this way, we'll be able to send the content to you directly. And each week you'll stay updated with the things that we post. Thank you so much for watching and have a wonderful day.